When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Tua is so good that if his medical comes back in very promising, he not get past two. Like, he will not last past the second pick. I don't believe that Washington will take him, but someone will have to jump Detroit at three because two is that good. This is a guy that is in the conversation to be the greatest passer college football ever saw. I don't say that lightly. The greatest passer college football ever saw. So if you have the opportunity to, guys, I've said this, Greeny, it's going to take a courageous team and your manager and head coach to take them, and it's going to take a courageous team to not go get them. That was Dan Orlowski of ESPN talking about whether teams should, at the top of the draft, namely Washington and Detroit, take Tua Tugaviola. We are full into draft take season when that has now become a debate whether Washington will take Tua. Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin here. And Courtney, I don't think we should waste any time. I think think we should draft him. Who has the quickest twitch? Whose hips are the most oily? Who has the quickest long snap? Hand sizes, wingspans. Oh, no one knows hand sizes and no wingspans one. better Nobody. than Courtney R. Draft Scout. True. All right. I'm fresh off the combine. Should we do three I did, rounds? I did a three round this Let's morning. Let's go. So, Let's go. I mean, it was, uh, I woke up, said, man, I just got back from the combine. Right. I'm tired. What are you going to do today? What am I going to do today? I'm going to have my cup of coffee and I'm going to draft him. Sunny outside, got to draft him. I mean, this is... Wake up, draft him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, lunchtime, draft him. Kendrick, holler at me if you want to come up with a uh, remix to the song. Yeah, start the show, draft him. All right, I'm starting so, mine right now. Okay, you're doing three round on fan speed? Yep. Okay, okay, so why don't you start off, because you already did yours, and tell us Do you want me to do another took. one, or do you want me to do just pull up mine? Why don't you just roll with the one you did this morning, because you tweeted it out. So okay. let's break Sorry. it down, and while we're breaking it down, I'm going to do gonna mine. Do yeah. All right, so I have a piece going up tomorrow that's just kind of weighing the options that they have at 25, and that's kind of what sparked my idea this morning to draft sim, or at least to try to... I see your face. You must have got somebody good. Ooh. If, yep. If Makai yep. Beckton fell to you at twenty five right now, no, I I know who I'm picking. There's okay. no question about that. But, but um, but yeah. So I did. I have something going out tomorrow at ESPN.com, just weighing the options that they have at twenty five. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's very clear walking away from the combine. Of course, you ask them what are your priorities. I'm like everybody's a priority, but we know cornerback, safety, and offensive linemen, specifically a tackle. 
top three priorities. I think you could probably throw a slot receiver in there as like 3B or 4, but we also know this team never really has a number three or a a true slot presence. They try to rotate that around, whatever. Um, So that being said, I went through a draft sim this morning, and Trayvon Diggs was available to me at 25. So I went cornerback early. Um, I was there for Trayvon's interview on Friday afternoon, Friday mm-hmm. morning. Uh, he worked out on Sunday. Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman stayed till the very bitter end hmm. of the combine. They came back Monday morning and somebody texted me and be like, wow, they must have really liked the DBs. They were there late last night. And, oh, and, uh, Mike yeah, Zimmer really wonder. liked watching the defensive backs? Yeah. I'm so surprised by that. So I kind of went into this thinking, all right, let's go off their recent comments of what they said at the Combine, specifically about cornerback safety and offensive linemen. So that's why I formulated my draft sim this way, where I'll go through each one. So I had Trayvon Diggs, a cornerback. Well, why don't out we of, talk about your first-round pick first? Yeah, cor- and then I'll do mine live, and then we'll go to the second-round and third okay, round. Okay, that's fine. So let me say this about Trayvon Diggs is even though he's related to Stefan Diggs as his brother, it's not just about that. No, it's, it's, not at all. It's similar to another prospect that I think we'll talk about, where there is a connection, but the yes. guy is a great player. And when you look at his wingspan, his length, his size, his athletic profile, he really does fit very well with what they want to do to replace Trey Wayans. Mm-hmm. You'd be hoping to replace Trey Wayans slash Xavier Rhodes with someone who is very similar and can play man against top wide receivers. That's what Zimmer loves to do a lot. Play man to man. Even if it's not an island corner, it's man to man on each side. And he, he would, I think, want someone like Trayvon Diggs. The only question is whether he gets to 25. Yeah. Cause there's very clearly Jeffrey Okuda who is the Ohio State cornerback. You probably heard about him over the weekend. He hurt his neck uh, going for, jumping for a ball and then decided to go through the rest of the drills. He's a top 10 pick. If he gets yeah. outside of the Giants at four, I'll be very surprised. It's him, and then it's kind of, there's this like gray area, and it's like 20 on down. Um, at least what we've seen in multiple, like Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, yep. had a draft uh, projection out today. Because then it goes into the group where it's C.J. Henderson, who came from Florida, uh, Damon Arnett, who came from Ohio State, yep. uh, then Trayvon Diggs, and Christian I, Fulton, Christian from, LSU. Fulton yep. from LSU, Cam Dantzler from Mississippi State. There's kind of that second tier. Um, so it's definitely not a cornerback class like we've seen in, what, 2018? There were multiple taken in the first round, yeah. including Mike Hughes. 2019, nobody was, right? Yeah, I mean, that every, was, everybody kind of made it their way It was the run on defensive round. linemen. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think that it's the right pick for them because you have so many needs that you have to address at this position. And you you have to kind of wait till free agency settles the dust uh, first, which, you know, you're wondering about Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, and Xavier Rhodes. Now, I asked Mike Zimmer last week, well, what's what do you think about potentially having a brand new cornerback here, yeah. like three new starters? I mean, I include Mackenzie Alexander in that because they're nickel a lot. So... He didn't automatically like dive into like yeah that's going to be tough. He kind of like well I don't really know about that happening, but if it does happen, they'll be prepared for it. So it's hard for me to stomach the thought just of like wow you might have three new corners back there, but mm-hmm. how how much worse could it get than last year? Well, right, because neither Wayne's or Xavier Rhodes played very well at all, and Mike Hughes rotating in still had his issues. Yeah. The big question that I have about that is because I do think they can find an outside corner here if that's where they want to go in the first round. I, in my pick, is going to be different here than outside corner. But they can find someone who can play right away. And then you'd have Hughes and Holton Hill and draft pick X, in your case, Trayvon Diggs. But who is going to play the nickel? 
Is it going to be Hughes? Because Pro Football Focus looked at this, and they found that throws against nickel corners were as valuable as throws against outside corners in terms of your expected points added, wins above replacement, those sorts of things. And Mike Zimmer has long known this with Terrence Newman and uh, with Captain Munerlin. That's a position where I think you need to get a veteran to play that. If it's not Mackenzie Alexander coming back, it should be someone else that who's played that spot. Agency. No, right. I agree with that. And I know that Mike Hughes, the trajectory has pointed. He could be an outside corner. And he's also, I mean, you remember talking to Terrence Newman before Terrence retired mm-hmm. uh, and became a coach. I mean, the praises that he sung of Mike Hughes early on, you just didn't hear that about many nickel corners on this team, probably because... You know, in a way, they were soured by Mackenzie Alexander not wanting to take on the position early on. And, you know, it took him so much longer. But the I, the mental IQ it takes to play that position, yep. the heart, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinion, the hardest position to play in the secondary just because there's so many things that are assigned to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort a lot of, asking, you know, a rookie to do it if you were even if you were even going that route. I think an outside corner is a much safer bet. But Think about what happened or what Mike Zimmer said last week when he talked to him and both Rick Spielman about, um, you know, that position specifically. Let me pull up the quote really quick, because I think it does kind of weed out the guys that, you know, we think they might be interested in that, like, look like a safe bet for them. Um, it's a tough position to play. Think about Trey Wayne's trajectory. He was the highest drafted corner under Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. He was taken 11th overall in 2015. It took him three good years, a yeah. good three years, rather, yep. uh, for him to grasp the position. And this is from Spielman. Quote, I think it's one of the hardest positions to play, one of the hardest positions because of the rules that they're allowed to get away with in college. And there are specific physical traits in order to play in Zim's defense that you have to have. That eliminates a lot of potential guys for us, too, because it's pretty tailored to what he's looking for. Yeah. So... Throughout this process, we're going to be throwing out names and people in Egan are probably laughing at us being like, that is not a fit whatsoever. It's kind of like the offensive line scheme fit argument that we've Mm. talked about the last few years. I'm just saying, Will Um, Hernandez probably would have been better than what they've run out there at left Um, guard. No, I do do not doubt you about that at all. But, you know, for the type of, you know, it's hard to play corner in his defense. And usually that's why we don't see guys come in right away. Even Mike Hughes. I know he lasted six games into his rookie year before he got hurt. The trajectory was there. He honestly, I feel like out of all of these guys that you go back and read about with their rookie year, like Zimmer didn't sing the praises of corners yep. as rookies the way he did with Mike Hughes. So I just feel like it's sometimes a little bit rare to get that type of guy early on. You're expecting this to be more of a project, but they really don't have any choice right now. If they do end up kind of clearing house one way or the other, they've got to get guys, whether they're currently on the team in Holton Hill um, Mike Hughes, maybe even rot- rotating Chris Boyd in an outside corner mm-hmm. and then figuring out what they're going to do at nickel. That's right. I think if they draft someone in the first year, that player becomes a rotational depending on where they're mm-hmm. at. That throwing them out there and asking them to be a shutdown corner right away is probably too much, but also being super afraid of it when it's a very talented player might not be a great idea anyway uh, either because if you look at the free agent market someone like James Bradbury who is okay for Carolina there's talk that he's going to make 15 million bucks and if that's going to be the going price for someone who's average who's probably just like Trey Wayans in terms of where you'd rank them or maybe a little bit above the Vikings simply cannot afford that. Yeah. You can't afford to overpay at pretty much any position in free agency, even if you make some cap space for yourself. So you might just have to say, all right, if you're going to draft Trayvon Diggs in the first round, 
into the fire you go. And you'll rotate with Holton Hill. You'll rotate with Chris Boyd, who they really seem to be high on. They always mention him. That That's how you kind of figure it out. When they always go out of their way to bring up that they like him, and having talked to Chris Boyd a few times, seems like a bright guy. He would pick up on what they want to do. Um, but even then, you're asking a lot from someone who's a seventh-round pick to be part of a rotation. I like the idea of drafting a corner here. I think it's the second most valuable position in football outside of quarterback is being able to pass and stop the pass is how you win. And to have no starting outside corners with a lot of experience, I mean, you need to start rebuilding that. I think fans would be like, really? Another corner? I don't know. I feel like fans are educated enough now to know that it's no longer a cliche talking point of the draft. Oh, this team always drafts corners. Well, they really need one right now. they do. And I feel like the educated fans understand that. Well, it's not the most exotic pick. It's a necessary one. And we're going to see here in free agency as these things unfold, um, once the legal tampering periods, period starts, and really by the start of free agency, we will know because Trey is a starting yes. caliber corner. Yep. He will make in the 10 to $14 million range, if not even more than that. That's what's hard um, about this is... Figuring it, out with this team specifically because of all their free agency... Right dominoes that right. haven't fallen yet. We'll have a much better idea when we draft him. Not that we're going to stop or no, slow never. down, but when we draft him after free agency in those weeks leading up to the draft, then we'll really have an idea of what the specific needs for right away and down the road sure. are. All right, here's who I'm taking with 25th. Tristan Wirfs dropped to me oh, in the first wow. round. I'm surprised by that because he is ranked by <laughs> Fanspeak, which is where we're doing these, fanspeak.com. Uh, he's ranked as their seventh best player, but he dropped to me. Now he is either a right guard or a right tackle. So even though he tore up the combine, it's not a left tackle like Makai Becton or Andrew Thomas. There's a little less value there. This would mean taking Wirfs and putting Brian O'Neill over to left tackle and saying goodbye to Riley Reef. We'll enjoy your cap space. So I am drafting Tristan Wirfs and I left Trayvon Diggs and Antoine Winfield and Xavier McKinney all on the board, yeah. uh, even though those were other guys that you could go after. Also, now this has shown up in quite a few draft sims, and I'm not sure this is realistic, but Jordan Love was on the board for me at 25. He, he was on the board for me also at 25. I was curious as to, I mean, obviously you know the order from there is Burrow, Tua, and then Justin Herbert, but how much further would he fall? I don't remember what the rest of my draft sim looked like. I'm curious now that you selected him. Or you selected Wirfs. Where did Jordan Love fall? Um, okay, I'm going to figure that out right now. He did not get taken in the first round, so I'm about to start the second round. Okay. I think that there's enough buzz for Jordan Love that he does get drafted in the first round. Um, even more so than Justin Herbert, the more that NFL people look at Justin Herbert, I wonder if they'll start to back off a little because his tape isn't very good. And Sage Rosenfels watched him in the workouts and said he looked pretty stiff. Mm-hmm. Where Jordan Love had reportedly really great interviews, had a great throwing session, and probably helped himself. But Jordan Love also threw a ton of interceptions for Utah State. And when guys don't have great statistics, he had, what seventeen his senior his junior year? Yeah, one of the leaders in the country in interceptions at Utah State. You do question that, even if he can do a lot of well, other isn't things. Isn't that the well. argument against Jalen Hurts too? Well, Jalen Hurts among, put up he put up the big that, the big numbers though. He did sure. put those up. But I also, I also think that you're looking at it wondering about the interceptions of anybody leaving college when that number's that high. Yeah, he had, I think, what, 10 for Jalen Hurts? Yeah, so it, it was, double, it was double digits, which I guess is, if it's lower double digits, but what, Love had 
19, 17, something like that. The question with Hertz is, does he really have the arm strength Mm -hmm. is one? Can he be a consistent enough passer? Is he a first read and run? But there's a little bit of misconceptions, I think, sometimes with that, because uh, at least according to Pro Football Focus, 70% of passes in the NFL are first read. Mm-hmm. So if it's seven out of ten is first read, then I'm not going to say, oh, he doesn't get over to his fourth progression, which you see that stuff on Most Twitter sometimes. Most quarterbacks are half when, field read guys, right, anyway, does that especially happen? early on, right? And even Mike Zimmer was uh, snarky about John D. Filippo and how much they were asking Kirk Cousins to read and reset mm-hmm. and all those things, and said it was better for him to have things like a, a, a one or two receiver progression. Down the field, so I I don't value that super high, but the throwing is an issue for Jalen Hurts yeah. and the interception certainly a problem for Jordan Love. I, I stand corrected. So he was he, his touchdown interception ratio is thirty two to eight, and so he ran for twenty touchdowns too. Yeah, so I mean that's that's part he, of it. He put up great numbers. I'm trying to see in this. Okay, in this draft sim, Jordan Love went to the Colts at thirty four. Hey. So if you're the Vikings at twenty five, and you go into a meeting with Kirk Cousins at the combine, and his agent says, "Look, guys." We're going to wait till Mahomes signs, mm-hmm. and then we're going to want that much or close. And the Vikings go, oh, my God, really? Are you serious? You're going to want Mahomes money? Yeah, we were in the Pro Bowl, and we won you a playoff game. If you're at 25 and a really exciting quarterback prospect is there, if Cousins has already told you the price of poker and it's too high, then I'm drafting him. I don't fault you for doing that at all. I think you can wait. You can do first round or second round for a quarterback uh, if you know Kirk is not taking the extension before the 2020 season. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do because you need to be prepared either way for 2021. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it would be doable no matter what. Even if Kirk says I'm signing a two-year contract extension, mm-hmm. drafting a quarterback at some point, um, if it's Jalen Hurts in the second or no, third yeah, round. I agree with that. Every draft sim anyone has sent me from Vikings fans, which is now we're reaching like two dozen draft sims that people have sent me just from the yeah. beginning of today when you tweeted it out. They all have a quarterback in there somewhere. Smart. And I, so I think Vikings fans have a good sense for how important that is. And it's not even just being prepared. It's trade leverage a year from now. What if Kirk lights it up this season and you have good reason to think that your second round pick, if it is a quarterback, if it is Jalen Hurts, um, that you could potentially move on from him. If you really think Kirk is the guy beyond this season, if you see what you need to see, then you become essentially the second round Josh Rosen and you could potentially get, see somebody getting traded and you could build your, um, I guess kind of build your team around it that way mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Um, do you want me to just do my second round pick? So let me tell you just real quick who was on the board for me because I took Wirfs, but that seems sort of unlikely for the Vikings that they would be able to get Tristan Wirfs. Maybe because he's not a left tackle, he does drop, and there are other good left tackles. Um, could have taken Grant Delpit, the safety yep. from LSU. Could have taken Trayvon Diggs. Um, those are probably the most exciting ones. And could have taken Antoine Winfield, but in mine, he goes 36th. Mm-hmm. So your second round pick was Antoine Winfield. So and he went. Oh, he dropped. 50, he dropped, and he went 58th overall. That's where the Vikings. Uh, picked him, and I thought back to when that was happening, I thought about what Mike Zimmer said last week when, in our side session with him at the Combine, was asked about replacing Anthony Harris. Um, and, you know, Anthony's done a lot. He, you know, plays a multitude of positions. You're going to need a safety to do that because of what you're... I mean, I think that this cornerback thing isn't just going to be fixed. You're going to be asking your guys to play a lot of bracket coverage, um, you know, a lot of pattern matching. That's what they do in this defense. So your safety has to be able to play up in the box. He has to be able to be a hybrid linebacker. Anywhere you line him up in the secondary, you have to 
expect that he's going to fit. So I'm like, well, is that a Grant Delpit? Is that the you know the guy from Alabama, Xavier McKinney? Xavier McKinney yeah. um, it could be, but he was available to me, and that's Antoine Winfield, who's obviously a legacy here. His father played for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about Mike Zimmer's comment. If you put up the positions that are most important on defense, it's probably not going to be safety. Yeah. So that to me says, okay, you probably can come up with an argument to not use a first-round pick on a safety. I mean, yep. you certainly, if you want Delpit, if you want any of, any of those guys who will be available to you at 25 and definitely not in the second round, go for it. Um, but I thought it was a smart pick because I just think financially speaking, Anthony Harris is very, very pricey. Yep. Um, and he's going to go make money somewhere, whether it's here or somewhere else, because this is one of our other free agency things, though. Because do you keep Trey Waynes over Anthony Harris? Do you keep Anthony Harris over Trey Waynes? No way you can do both. At least, at least I I can't run the numbers to make you to make myself believe they could do both. Hard so, for me to see either. Yeah, that too. So it's like there's there's a lot of different scenarios where I can see them using high draft capital to go after another defensive player because your biggest need is a secondary, and you you literally have no other safeties right now because you traded one away to Philadelphia in the middle of the season. Andrew Sandejo is a free agent. Jaron Kurz is definitely not coming back as a free agent, and Anthony Harris could very easily be gone. So the uh, two parts of evaluating a draft sim, one is why it works and makes sense, Mm -hmm. why we did what we did, and then part two is how realistic is it. Drafting Antoine Winfield in the second round is sort of like me drafting Tristan Wirfs in the first, where you go, oh boy, if that happens, they are lucky, because I'll, I'll read you what Peter King said about Antoine Winfield. And by the way, Peter King writes the longest articles in the history of the internet. Mm-hmm. I read 6,000 words to get to this one nugget and post it on Twitter. So you're welcome, everyone. I'm mostly kidding, but it was incredibly long, and I knew there was something from Winfield in there. So he says this, I think Antoine Winfield Jr. made himself a lot of money the past few days. Teams love the approach of the son of the former Viking cornerback, his knowledge of the game, his 4.48 speed. He has a lot of personal traits and football instincts of Jamal Adams, one coach told me, of the University of Minnesota product. That's what Peter King said about Antoine Winfield. So it seems that he's probably a second round, early second round pick, and the Vikings would be very lucky if he got to them. The one thing I noticed that he and several others had echoed at the combine um, when you're asked, like, you know, NFL comparison, because of course everybody gets asked that question, just like, which team did you meet with? Um, A lot of guys said Tyron Matthew, and it is so amazing to me. To see from where he got paid when he was what Arizona, that was twenty sixteen that he got paid there. Yes, made you know uh, re- reset then, the market as a nickel and then went to Houston, Houston, and then to Kansas City. Then to Kansas yep. City. Um, he's reshaped that position. He's reshaped the position of mm-hmm. being a defensive back, where you can't just be a free safety. You can't just be you know a slot corner. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to do it all. And when you're asking. You know they don't have a lot of safeties here, and it's not it's not really a position they've spent on free agency. Honestly, you've you've had Harrison Smith, and then it's just kind of been this rotation next to him for the better part of his career here. I mean, outside of the years that Andrew Sandejo was more of a staple back there, but now you're back in a position where you're rebuilding your defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. You got to have guys who can rotate. We've seen what happened when cornerbacks yep. get injured here, and what's asked of safeties in that role, um, even with a nickel position. They've had to go big nickel. That was J. Ron Curse's role where you have somebody briefly, who, briefly um, who's bigger. And, and, you know, when and you've got you kind of a mismatch there when you're mm-hmm. talking about slot receivers and how they're able to cover them. 
um, talking to Antoine Winfield on Friday and just kind of hearing, you know, what was asked of him at Minnesota, what he likes doing. Sounds like he can spread himself pretty thin if he needs to and play several positions very, very yes. well. Yep. And that's and important can, to me if I'm drafting a safety. Definitely play multiple positions because of his smarts and instincts. Mm-hmm. And now because of his athleticism, we know about that was the one question is, is he going to be quick enough, fast enough? Is he going to perform well enough at the combine to prove to teams that he has that level of athleticism? Or did he have to do it all on smarts, which you can do, but you have to be really, really great to do it. But with a sub 4-5, that means he can run with pretty much anybody. Um, so he could play a nickel if you need him. He could play deep safety. The Tyron Matthew thing, Harrison Smith was like that before Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. Not quite where he could play nickel, but where he could be up in the box, where he could be deep, he can rush the passer. And now that's what everybody's looking for. Winfield and him together, moving those guys in a lot of different places, would be really valuable. And also, I looked at this last week, which positions translate the quickest? Safety is the quickest. In terms of do rookies come in and play well right away, they usually do at that position. Corner, it's very hit or miss. And offensive line, it's a nightmare for the most part for people's rookie seasons, as we saw from uh, Garrett Bradbury this year. Mm -hmm. He could take a big jump next year, but rookie season, if you count on that right away, you're kind of putting your life in your hands. Uh, I am sitting in the second round now, so you got Antoine Winfield. I did. That would be a home run to be able to get... First two rounds would be a home run, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean, is to get Diggs and Winfield, Mm -hmm. even though you went full Minnesota with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're also really good players, and it would make sense to do that, fill some serious uh, needs right away. I have a chance at Denzel Mims from Baylor, who lit the combine on fire. He was great at the Senior Bowl, and when he went to the combine, it was the same with Winfield. Is he athletic enough? And, oh my gosh, yes. He like checked every box to use draft language. But... There's some other needs where I could take right now. Uh, there's Neville uh, Gallimore from Oklahoma as a three-technique defensive tackle. There's uh, Julian Aquara, who's a defensive end from Notre Dame. A lot of people like him. I could take two offensive linemen here if I want. I could take a corner if I want. Second round is pretty hard because after you take the guy in the second round, you feel like there's a, always a big drop-off from the second to the third. Yeah, it, and but this is a really deep class for receivers. Right. So should I I take the really interesting one in the second round, help out Kirk? Should I try Mm -hmm. to replace Everson Griffin if he doesn't come back or long term? Should I try to get some interior pressure because they've been so short on that um, since Sheldon Richardson left? Yeah. All good options. Mm. Did you go with Mims or was he just available to you? I have not picked yet. I can get Mims. I kind of want to do it. I think you can build a case for it. If this is still another year. I'm taking him. Good. Because if this is still another year where you can, if you're in win-now mode, let's say they expect, I mean, you heard Mike Zimmer, they expect Everson Griffin to come back. Boom. Need solved. And if you need to rotate, you've got two other guys that you can put at that position behind Griffin if age eventually starts to show. Now, with defensive tackle, he didn't seem all that concerned about not generating no, he really interior pressure. When I asked him about it last week, I it was, was kind a of ex- scoff. Kind of expecting. Is it downright scoff? Well, fine. Are they going to put all their defensive ends inside on third down from I now guess on? So. Sure. Okay. Um, then maybe you need to get another defensive end, maybe a third rounder. But I like what you. I like what you did with Mims, just because this team is still. We need to build everything around Kirk Cousins. We need to put him in the best possible position for success. So that means getting another weapon now. How does that work in a run-first offense, especially if you do eventually agree to terms with Dalvin Cook and get mm-hmm. a nice size extension for him? Do we run into 
Stefan Diggs and that type of situation again where frustrations are flying around. And yep. I mean, it would be, you know, for a rookie to be in that position would be kind of rich. But um, yeah, I mean, it's if, if it's another body, if it's another option for Kirk, I don't think I can fault you for that one, especially given how good this receiver class is. So you realize what's happened here is I have drafted, I think, how the analytics department would want to draft. Oh, we know how Mike is, Zimmer feels about the analytics department. I know. We talked about that a little yesterday. But Tristan Wirf's offensive tackle, he's going to step right in mm-hmm. right tackle. You create cap space by getting rid of Reef. You so move you're moving Brian O'Neill to left. Denzel Mims, and you play more three wide receiver than you did last year. Yeah, they like to use their two tight ends, but if you have three great receivers, you're putting them on the field. Um, I have drafted sort of that way, sort of let's get Kirk as much as you could possibly get him. You have gone the Mike Zimmer route, drafting I, two defensive Well, backs. I'm trying to fill needs, man. This defense is getting turned over and ripped apart right now. I'm trying to fix that, but I'm also, like I did with my third-round pick, I'm thinking about the future, not necessarily an immediate need, because I think that... You know, people talk about the first round, and especially if you're a top 10 team, you're not necessarily drafting for right now. You're trying to go beyond that and think for the future. But that's what I did with my third round pick. Because um, I do think the offensive line is, as Rick Spielman said, still a work in progress. It's not groundbreaking. That's factual. So you went I, offensive line? I went offensive line. I picked Sadiq Charles from LSU. He was a left tackle there. He suspended a couple games this year, but he was, he left after his. Junior year. Now, I haven't studied or seen him play since high school. He went to a high school that I covered. Court, in. Courtney R. Draft Scout has not grinded the tape. Not on, on Sweet Charles yet. at all. Not in the third round yet? Not much, but I do remember, I mean, just now seeing what he looked like when I covered him in 2015 to where he looks like now. Definite difference. So, I mean, that's a good thing. But I think this is a type of thing where Riley Reef is nearing the end of his prime. Mm-hmm. You can keep him at left tackle this year. I think it's important to do that. This either becomes your right tackle or left tackle option next year, 2021, or he's a swing tackle and you can continue to try to hit and hit a home run uh, with the offensive line next year. Okay, I drafted Jalen Hurts. We have to get to a break for the third pick. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to run our drafts by Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports when we return, and we're going to ask him which one he likes more. This is dangerous to do, but we're going to do it and get his uh, buzz from the draft uh, combine. Eric Edholm, one of the great uh, draft reporters. So we'll talk with him when we return. You listen to Purple Daily on Score North. Hey there, it's Phil Mackey for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and Federated is here to give business owners out there peace of mind. You pour your life and energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense, and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in standing behind business owners. If you're a business owner and you want some more peace of mind, go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about your local federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available right now over at scorenorth.com. You can play 12, 18 hole rounds at 12 beautiful courses for just one low price of $75. That's a $435 value for just $75. Supply is limited, so visit scorenorth.com keyword deals to purchase and learn more over at scorenorth.com. Derek Wetmore has an article about whether the Twins will join a growing trend of teams in Major League Baseball that are going to try and sign their pre-arbitration players to multi-year contracts to buy them out of their free agency years. He lists a couple of those guys, Luis Arise, Mitch Garver, 
Jose Brios, and more. That's over at scorenorth.com. Also, Matthew Collar has an article about 10 combine risers who could intrigue the Vikings. So go sh- go check that out over at scorenorth.com. It's all free and available right now. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. Now we bring in to the show from Yahoo Sports, covers the NFL draft all year round and is already starting to lose his mind, I noticed from Twitter. Um, Eric Edholm, <laughs> what's going on, Eric? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. I, I'm, first of all, I'm sorry I missed both of you guys down in uh, India. I was bumping into walls and, uh, you know, trying to find my way out of the, you know, the convention center most days. But yes, I am, uh, trying my best to keep my sanity here yeah it is a whirlwind i i read peter king's article where he went like minute by minute of all the things he was doing (laughs) and yeah that's kind of what it's like and then it gets to be very late and you're like yeah i don't know why i'm sitting in this hotel watching vic fangio wander by me like what what am i even what am i even doing here um so here's where i want to start eric is we've both done draft sims and we want you to grade our draft sims we want you to tell us whose draft sim is better now Keep in mind that the likelihood that we actually get these players on the board for the Vikings, where they are at 25, 58, and 89, is not super likely, but we're going to tell them to you anyway. So, Courtney, why don't you give Eric your draft sim first with your three picks? Sure. Hi, Eric. Um, Hello. I I went for need, and I think Mike Zimmer, as we've talked about, would really like my draft sim. I went with Trayvon Diggs at 25. He was available to me. A lot of cornerbacks in that group. Uh, were around. Then I went Antoine Winfield with my second round pick because safety, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, is going to be a need if they are inevitably not going to be able to sign Anthony Harris back because he could probably make a ton of money as a free agent. He might, and good for him. And then I went with Sadiq Charles, the left tackle from LSU. Um, I'm thinking with Riley Reef having a 13.9, I believe, million-dollar cap hit this year, they'll be like, okay, you're entering the late prime of your career. You're fine. We need you right now. Give Sadiq Charles a year to season in this offense, in this scheme, because he's athletic and he's big, um, and he can probably play in an outside zone scheme, and then either keep him at left tackle or move Brian O'Neill in 2021 to left tackle and have Charles go to right tackle, or maybe he's just your swing tackle and you end up trying to you know strike this again next year. So those are my three right. rounds. Okay, are we grading these? Like, should I grade it now and then wait till Matthew gives his, or why are we doing this? Uh, okay, well, I'll just, I don't know if there should be any bias thrown in here, yeah. so maybe you should just grade it now. Uh, okay, why don't you grade it now and then I'll give you mine. I, I give that about a, a solid B plus, and I actually like the picks. You know, I think Diggs makes, I mean, makes a ton of sense, obviously, and not just for familial reasons, but for positional reasons too. Although I do remember uh, Rick Spielman a year ago. You know, saying that he may not be able to go home if he drafts another corner. I think that's out the window now. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Makes a ton of sense. Long arm guy. You know, the uncertainty with with Rhodes and everything. I, I just I, I can see that Winfield. He's grown on me. You know, the, the more I've watched him, the more I've appreciated him. Absolutely could feel that. I mean, really, he's like what Anthony Harris became. You know, just a playmaker, a guy who finds the ball. So it's like a apples for apples switch there. The one that scares me a little is Charles, and I wrote about him a couple weeks ago. I talked to him down at the Combine, and he was probably one of the four or five names I heard the most with pressing character issues that need to be addressed. You know, he had a six-game suspension last year. It just depends on their level of of risk in the third round. I mean, I, I had some people say that, you know, he may be off their boards. 
He may not be somebody they take until day three. Skill-wise, it makes perfect sense, but you have to feel comfortable with a player who's broken team violations every single year he was down there. So that's the one that I'm a little hung up on, but I really like the other two picks. What, what, what was he suspended for? Because we have a saying on the show, always draft the weed guy. <laughs> I don't well, know if was it was that. It. That, was, yeah. okay. that was part of his suspension, but as I was told, it's not just weed. You know oh, what I mean? Right, and right. I think people, obviously, as we get into an era where you know, I mean, marijuana isn't considered like, you know, the the, the, the devil's plant anymore, I think, for a lot of people and everything. But, uh, yeah, I, I it's it's beyond that. And really, it's a case of maturity, too. And he's not even 21 years old yet. So yeah, and he know, left look. after his junior year. So Right. The I mean, other... when I was 21, I was doing some dumb things, too. And I wouldn't have taken me with a third-round pick, though. Um, one thing I want to jump in here, because I was debating kind of heavily between him and, it's a, I think it's Barch, Ben Barch, the tackle yeah. from St. John's, so yep. small school tackle. The guy with the delicious smoothie. Yes, the one who yeah. had the smoothie on NFL Network yes. during his yeah. uh, after his workout. What are your thoughts on him at with, with a third-round pick? Because it feels like that's kind of the sweet spot. He was... Think projected about fifty spots just in the ranking, whatever draft board I picked for for my drafts. Mm-hmm. And he was a little further down. I know the risk you run in taking small school offensive linemen. We we sat with Rick Spielman last year after the draft, and he kind of went through just you know a lot of them not being as polished, the type of competition they're going against, and just kind of the yep. deficiencies sometimes that you see in their game. Would that have been a safer pick for round three? That's a great question, right? Because it's two totally different sets of risk that you're taking. One is, you know, big school. You can't get any bigger than the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, the national champs, versus the kid who played against, you know, future dentists. You know, and I mean, <laughs> I mean that's great, right? But uh, as I said to Barch, I walked up to him in, at Mobile, in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and I introduced myself. He's a great kid. I'm, I don't know if you guys have had him on the show or anything, but – he, uh, I said, hey, man, I've actually watched you on tape because in the scouting community, finding tape of him was a little tricky at one point. But he said, which game? And I said, it was the St. Olaf game. He said, oh, you mean the game where I stood there and did nothing for two hours, basically, <laughs> because teams would put their worst rusher against him, thinking that why would we, you know, why would we bother? He's so good, right? <sighs> Down at the Sear Bowl, though, I'll tell you what, playing against SEC guys and, and Big Ten guys and whoever – he held his own. He looked really good. Now, I don't know if he's a guard or a tackle. Some teams may want him inside, but I think you start him at, you, you start him out at tackle and then kick him inside if you need to. But he's smart. He's driven. He's got a lot of charisma. He's athletic. He's just, there's a lot to like about him. And I just had no clue what to think of him until I saw him in Mobile. I, I think he's a top 100 guy. I think he's going to go somewhere between – 75 and 100, so that's right at the beginning of that range. I also think that Spielman shouldn't go home this year if he doesn't draft an offensive lineman. I mean, last year, (laughs) PFF has them 27th in pass blocking. He's just unacceptable with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback who's not mobile. So now I'm going to give you mine, and you can decide what what I end up with here for a grade. So I got super lucky. I don't think this is going to happen, but this is how the draft sim played out. Tristan Wirfs was my pick at 25th overall, the guy who had the freakish combine. I know, I was surprised that that happened, but that's how it played out. And maybe if people think he's a guard, it becomes plausible if they're not convinced he's a tackle. In the second round, 
I went with Denzel Mims, who had a freakishly great combine and a good uh, senior bowl for my understanding as well. And here's the one that, depending on who you are, you might either love or hate. In the third round, I took Jalen Hurts. So I mm. went all mm. offense, and Mike Zimmer's head exploded all over TCO Performance Center. <laughs> but it did it last year. They went all offense the first four rounds. I think if they did it two years in a row, especially with all the players leaving, that he would be extremely upset. But what what do you think about yeah. going on the all offense side for the Vikings, Eric? Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even considered the fact that. I mean, obviously, you do try to look back. Hey, what did we do last year? You know, and that sort of thing. That might be my only reservation because I mean, you just got. Three fascinating players. Now, I will say this. Jalen Hurts, depending on the teams you talk to, some are saying, you know, look, we probably wouldn't use a pick on him until day three, and, you know, we'd have to adapt our system and all that. But, you know, if I had to just guess, you know, having not spoken to the Vikings about Jalen Hurts, I would say that that's one of the places that would make some sense to me where – you know, look, you, you, you're still figuring out whether you're going to extend Kirk Cousins or if he's going to be the guy beyond this year, and you have to groom somebody behind him. That makes good sense. And if you want to mix him in for a little bit of a different look here and there, I don't have a problem taking Kirk Cousins off the field for a play or two or a series. That's, you know, so from the back forward, that's the pick that I have a little bit of reservation with. But, I mean, I think he's going on day two. I just think some team's going to fall for him and, and just say – Character, athleticism, competitiveness—it's all off the charts. We'll 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 work with the other stuff. Yes, he needs to speed up his clock. Yes, he's got to figure out reading coverages a little bit better. But still, you know, everything else is just great. Huge checks with the box, but I would say the chance of getting worse at, at 25 and then Mims. You know, a month ago I would have said Mims is available there. Now I'm not sure at all. So. It gets a high grade for me, but the likelihood of it possibly playing out that way feels a little low to me. Yeah, so I feel the same way. <laughs> I'm grading it on a yeah slightly scale here. I want just say it's better than Courtney's. No, don't do that. <laughs> Give me this moment. In a of vacuum, it is. But right, I mean, that's like saying you know taking a trip. That, to that, that's the end of the interview. Road. Thanks, Eric. Uh, we're good to go. That's all I needed from you. It's better than Courtney's. You said it. We're done. I want to jump Courtney's in there on Jalen. Yes, <laughs> and, and that brings me to Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, I'm because I remember I heard a few things flying around last week where someone had him as as high as he's the fourth best quarterback in the draft. Who he's no, you know a day three pick potentially. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like all over the place. I want to go on the the former though. Is there a possibility he is like the fourth best quarterback? He's a playmaker. We've seen what he did at Alabama. We saw yeah. what he did at Oklahoma. Why isn't he in the conversation? Like, why is Jordan Love kind of trumping him at that point? And it's going, you know, one, two, three, and then up for grabs. Like, why can't he be in that? Or maybe he can. And that, and yeah, that- he might. I mean, it, it's he's a dual threat guy who lost four games in his college career. You know, the leadership quotient, the the toughness that he's shown. Um, You know, I don't think he has a special arm, but I think he's been able to make all the throws. You saw him work in a vertical offense this year. And, you know, I mean, for me it was – the problem was he held on to the football for so long because he was so confident in his own ability to scramble and buy time and let his guys get open. That's great in Lincoln Riley's offense. Do I realistically think he can – hold the ball as long as he did in in the NFL and get away with it? I really don't. I don't think he's that Lamar Jackson-level athlete, and he's not that Patrick Mahomes-level arm talent. So 
you know, he's kind of three quarters of the way there on both those guys. And to me, I'm still really intrigued. And again, if you're willing to remake your offense to fit his skill set, you could have something special. I don't know if it's year one or year two, but maybe. So I don't know. I, I just, I'm, it's going to be a team specific fit and you got to have a great plan for him, but it's hard not to love the guy. Just, just hearing him talk and watching him perform. I just, there's no way he can hold on to the ball for as long as he did and, and get away with that in the league, I don't think. You know what I like about all the quarterbacks that aren't Burrow and Tua, who everyone seems to agree are good and will get taken at the top of the draft? The other ones are sort of a test for what you see and what you think will win in the NFL. Someone like Justin Herbert, to me, I just don't see it. I think he's got a pretty low chance of succeeding in the NFL, but yet yep. everyone has him really high on the mocks. I watched tape with him with Sage Rosenfels, you know, former NFL quarterback, and he's like, he, yep. lo- he looks stiff, he's not accurate on short stuff, and most of the NFL is short stuff, and his situational awareness is pretty bad. He doesn't seem to make people better. All those those things are massive red flags, but he is tall, does have great hair, and throws it <laughs> super hard. But I look at someone like Jalen Hurts and say, okay, you know, there are a lot of quarterbacks who things aren't perfect. Remember when Deshaun Watson threw the ball like 11 miles an hour at the draft? But he, right. he finds ways to make plays. He has special leadership quality. When you say high character, immediately it strikes me as, okay, that, that kind of is what it takes in the NFL, though. So I like this, that, and, and love is the same way, where it's high potential but low floor. I, the, the middle group of quarterbacks is super fascinating. Absolutely. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's the thing. And, and you know, I tend to think that the league is changing where we're, we're kind of getting away from the Justin Herbert-type quarterbacks. Again, they have a place. I'm not saying that they can't start in this league. But you're right. I mean, you could even see it in his combine throwing session. He was aiming on the short stuff. He was just trying to sort of feather it in there and get it there. It's almost like there's a little bit of a mental block on some of those shorter throws, which is kind of wild when you think about it. When he lets it rip, I mean, it's, you know, and it's 12 to, to 18 yards down the field. He's got as good an arm as almost anybody in this draft, and he'll be right on par with some of the better throwers. But he's going to more fit that kind of a little more old-school pro-style intermediate passing game, whereas, you know, as this Mahomes effect and Lamar Jackson effect starts getting people to change their minds about what a quarterback is and isn't, you know, I think people are more open to saying, sure, we can design an offense that has college concepts and that, that plays to the strengths of, of a Jalen Hurts or a, a Jordan Love or somebody like that. I mean, even, you know, even Tua and Burrow to a degree, I think you're still adapting a little bit. So why not take it all the way and play to exactly what these guys do? So, yeah, again, I don't think Hurts is exactly for everybody. I've heard it. Some teams love him, some don't. But, man, I, I still just have a hard time seeing him getting out of round three. I think he'll be there somewhere in the late round two to to, to round three range. Somebody's going to just say, I believe in this kid to be really, really good. So on that note of quarterbacks, Mel Kuyper over the weekend made the argument that a team like Washington should take Tua at number two. Mm. Um, and I know that this is kind of the, the topic du jour of the last few days of, like, is it a smart decision I mean, obviously, a, a franchise like Washington, would it would not surprise me if they do end up doing something like this, because it just sounds so absurd. Because right. I love it, though. But I like, think it's a great idea. Well, well, my, my brain goes, well, immediately, if the Giants take Chase Young at four, and he's playing your team twice a year, and he's sacking Dwayne <laughs> Haskins or Tua Tagovailoa like, for the next however many years, then it looks like a complete 
awful decision. But then in, in, in when you run it back, you think, okay, the 49ers had a Jimmy Garoppolo problem in the Super Bowl, and the Kansas City Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes. The line between greatness with quarterbacks, I mean, it's very identifiable, and that maybe that's what they need to continue this turnaround that they're having uh, and now under Ron Rivera. Do you like the idea, or do you scoff at it like I did initially, but I am coming around now, just to be clear? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same department where you obviously positional need quarterback trumps all. Pass rusher would probably be second or at least second or third on most people's list. So, you know, it's not as if guys like Chase Young aren't highly desired. I mean, he may end up being my top overall graded player. However, when you factor in the positional need and you say, look, a healthy Tua, don't forget, you know, we two years ago or even a year and a half ago, we were talking about, you know, tanking entire season for this guy is a good idea that, that, that a team like the Dolphins should take this, this approach because he is that rare. He's that special. I may not be quite there on him as a prospect, but I love the accuracy and I love the, you know, the toughness he shows. And look, I mean, Dwayne Haskins is not Ron Rivera's guy. Bruce Allen is not in the building anymore. We saw in Arizona with Josh Rosen what happened there. They take him 10th, they trade up for him. The next year, he's out for quarters on the dollar, you know? So it's not the most absurd or unprecedented thing we've ever heard because we just saw it play out with Kyler and I'm one pick. So if he tests out medically and they have no, you know, as few concerns as possible, it, it wouldn't be the craziest thing because you don't have a quarterback that you believe in. You don't really have a chance. All right, Eric, before we let you go, who are you mocking to the Vikings when you put out a post combine mock? Yeah, so are you? You sound like my editor too. Like, when is this thing coming to me again? <laughs> right, I haven't yeah. seen Hurry it. it I'm looking for it. Yeah, I know it'll either be late tonight or first thing in the morning. But uh, so Diggs, I believe, if I remember correctly, went off the board a couple picks before, so he wasn't available. I think I took Christian Fulton. So hmm. not as long a corner. Yeah, corner from LSU. You know, the guy who's really was the second-best corner on his own team last year with, with Daryl Stingley there. But I, I still like him, and I still think he's going to be a first-round pick. He ran well this weekend, answered the questions about athleticism. He's got some toughness to him. I don't think, the, you know, there were some character questions after that academic fraud thing. I think those have been mostly answered by teams. So I, I think he there's a drop-off at that position, and I think based on the way other corners tested – it feels a little steeper than I thought maybe a couple weeks ago. So I would like it there. Would it be a home run pick for me? No, it would be like a B or a B minus pick. And so, uh, you know, I think that's I think that's where I ended up. Always draft the academic fraud guy is less catchy than always draft the weed <laughs> the guy. Weed, the weed guy and the academic fraud guy, right? Yeah. Uh, follow him on Twitter. No, you know what it was? It was a drug test. I Sorry. Oh, I just okay. Then let's that. go. Yes. Yeah. Then we're in. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Getting my prospect uh, character <laughs> at Eric underscore Edholm covers uh, the draft extremely well for Yahoo Sports. We always love catching up with him. Thanks, Eric. Maybe next combine we'll get together. Yes. All right. Well, I love you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thank All you. right. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Eric Edholm, another person with an underscore in their Twitter, and I just like what planet did these people come from? They pro- he made it a while ago. I know we've talked with him about it. Should it be on against show. the law. Well, you're just mad that I got a better draft sim score than you did. That's not. That is not true. He said mine was better. Yours was more realistic.
He was trying to play both sides they of the fence. He said yours is better in a vacuum. But said mine was better. I think, I don't know, when Jonathan plays it back, I'm not going to hear that uh, in, in a, a vacuum, vacuum comment. I'm just going to hear Matt's was better. <laughs> and um, All right, so we've got a trade in the NFL. Yes. We also have Alex Boone has an announcement to make when so we return. So um, looking forward to this. And then routes that are blazing hot. They're so hot. That will happen at 3.30. So um, this is fun. I love doing whole hours where we just draft him and then talk about it. Uh, that'll be a regular thing for sure. We'll be Wait, right from back. From now for the next seven weeks. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, free agency will recklessly speculate as we get into it once we know how much cap space they have. But for now, the draft simming will be happening quite often. All right, we'll be right back uh, with Alex Boone here. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. More new deep dives are available on Minnesota Sports Rewind, including two new episodes on the Johan Santana trade and the craziest season in Minnesota Vikings history. Minnesota Sports Rewind, available on the Score North app, Apple, and Spotify. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. All right, back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar and ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Alex Boone will join us shortly. We have a trade in the National Football League in the American Conference. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have traded A.J. Bouye to the Broncos for a couple of draft picks. Courtney, it seems like the Jaguars should be tanking for Trevor, right? They just traded away Jalen Ramsey. Bouye is out. They're going to trade Yannick Ngakwe. How- yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Tag and trade. Yeah, Tra- tag and trade him. Right. So they're, and they're tearing try apart to, this defense. Try to uh, trade Nick Foles too, right? Yep. And I don't know who's trading Nick Foles um, or trading for Nick Foles. Well, at not this with point. that cap hit. Um, so a trade there. If you're Jacksonville, you should absolutely try to lose as much as possible. Tear apart your roster. Get Trevor Lawrence and start I mean, from the bottom. Got, and they've go got back ten up. picks though right now. I mean that's a pretty good spot to be in if you yeah. are building for twenty twenty two. If they're being realistic 20, yeah, at twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like by trading Bouye they are. All right, Alex Boone. What is up, Alex? What's up, guys? All right. So you have an announcement uh, to make. Well, we announced show. it kind of last week. All right. But yeah. Now that my uh, official co-host is here. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's make it. Co-host. Let's make it official that By you way, are all in on this now. I'm 100 percent all in, dude. The comeback is real. I mean, there's interest from both parties. We're all excited. I've already gained 20 pounds. It's time to go. Well, I've also gained 20 pounds, but that doesn't have you mean... really? No, I haven't. I oh weigh the God, same I as like say, five You probably don't now. look as good as but, I do. But I could have an <laughs> indie. A lot to do in indie. So you are attempting to come back in the National Football League, just to clarify. Yes, two years out and, you know, came up at the Combine, and my agent was like, dude, he's always ready. Like, this is one of the guys that will never give up on it. And it took me the weekend to really think about it, and I had a long talk with my agent, and we just went over it. And it was like, you know, man, this is... It sounds crazy, but everybody I talked to, and I have talked to a lot of former players, I was like, listen, man, I could really use your input on this. Like, you know, one of the guys I talked to and I really gave a lot of trust to was Lorenzo Neal. And I was like, Lo, I respect you. I respect your game. I respect everything about you. I really need your opinion on this. And he was like, Booney, you're young, you're crazy, you're in shape, you need to go play football. Like, he was like, you know, I can tell from the way you talk to me sometimes that you're very passionate about it and you still want to go out there and get hit and hit people. And he was like, dude, 
Never give up on your dreams. And he's right. Like so many people work so hard to get here and all of a sudden they just get, you know, they flame out or whatever. And that's never been me. And now that there's mutual interest from both sides, it's like I absolutely need to go back and try and do this if it's going to be there. Well, we've never seen your passion for anything on this show, just to clarify. So I'm curious <laughs> what that's going to be like in the NFL. No, I'm kidding. Um, so this, I mean, this is awesome. This is my first time hearing about it. I heard that you had an announcement today. Um, and now I'm surprised to obviously be presented with this news, be sad we're losing a co-host, but obviously, congratulations, this is awesome. How, when, I mean, I guess you get interest when you find out your agent's talking to people at the Combine, all that. How did you get your body ready? I mean, you said you gained 20 pounds. What's the last, I guess, month look like for you? I mean, well, Collier see me, and I was, I was what, like 275, 265? Yeah. I mean, I was down a lot because I was training so much and running a lot, and then... As soon as I heard there was interest, it was like my body just kind of woke up and was like, all right, let's go eat. And we, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, dude, between the 5.30 wake-up call to work out for two and a half hours, I mean, it's just, it's right back into the routine. And it, you know, at first I was like, man, this sounds really crazy. But then once I started getting into the training again, I was like, man, I feel like I'm back at home. I feel like this is where I need to be. This is what I'm doing. And, you know, the one thing I always regret is never winning a championship and kind of giving up on it. And, you know, I don't want to do that again. And looking at these teams and, and this league, it's like, dude, there are only so many guys that get to be called champions and to maybe be able to go out and do that again is so fulfilling for me. So now what happens next? Because your agent went to the Combine, talked to people there, and there was Alex Boone interest. So now what do you do? Do you, do you go do workouts with teams, or, or what's the process like? Well, I think a lot of people, because one of the teams was like, dude, we we saw Booney at the Super Bowl. He was 165. Like, how's he coming back? <laughs> and every and, and so my agent, Adam Heller, was like, listen, you know, he's, you know, Booney. He's going to hit the gym and he's going to be crazy. And they were like, absolutely, we're all about it. And if this is a real thing, you need to let us know if he's really for real. And I took the weekend and, and you know, between talking to my wife and former players, they were all like, dude, you're so passionate about this. You're crazy. You love this game. You absolutely need to go back if there's a chance you can get back in. And so I just started eating and training. And next thing I know, I'm like 285, and I'm like, oh, my God. My wife's like, dude, you're getting fat quick. <laughs> She's like, you're really taking this to heart, aren't you? I was like, listen, i got to get up there. i got to beef up a little bit. Oh, wives and their blunt honesty. Constantly uh, <laughs> calling me fat. It's terrible. How, how's the, but how is the body? I mean, I, I've thought about this before. Richie Incognito, what, two times was out for a year and both times he came back and and played at an NFL level and at least by some metrics was pretty good at his position. Um, I've often thought that if players all at age 30 took a year off, that they would extend their careers by quite a bit more, that the grind catches up to you, but that break might help you. Even Adrian Peterson, for example, tears his ACL, but in a way you think maybe that helped him because he was able to just take a year off of getting his ass kicked um, for full seasons. So are you feeling like you are in better shape now in terms of the, the buildup of hits and injuries and everything else after being away? I feel 100% great. And I agree with what you said about Adrian. I feel like a lot of times you kind of get beat up a lot. And then, like, looking back now, because I have obviously have to start taking sets and you have to start moving out of a stance. Like, I haven't taken a set out of a right-handed stance in a long time. And it came back to me so quick. Like, within the weekend, I was like, wow, this might be better than it used to be. This might be stronger than it used to be. There's, I think the more that I'm kind of experimenting with this, the more I'm starting to see my own body. And I'm, le- I'm not as much listening to outside sources as I am just myself. Like, what feels comfortable? What feels good? This feels great. And, the, and I sent out film to my agent. He was like, listen. He sent it out to a couple people, and they were like, wow. Okay, so we're for real about this then. All right, well, you know, 
I know that the next step will be someone's going to call and be like, listen, we need to work him out. We need to see what he's like. Because obviously mm-hmm. two years out, everyone's going to be like, where are the kinks? Where's the problem? Is there a problem? If there's not, then let's go. Let's do this. And, you know, just the fact that teams and, and whatever didn't shoot me down right away makes me so excited about this. The fact that they weren't like, dude, get out of here with that. We're not doing this. The fact <laughs> they were like, oh, really? Uh, wasn't he 165? If he can get in the way, we can do it. Have you seen offensive play, uh, offensive line play in the NFL? I, I wasn't surprised. They'd be like, oh, this guy this sort of semi knows what he's doing. Yeah, and, and just the fact that I think a lot of people are like, he's coming back with a clear head, clear conscience, totally focused, ready to go. I mean, I'm not kidding. As soon as he called, my agent called me and he was kind of laughing. He was like, dude, I don't know if you're sitting down or not, but you should probably sit down. And at first I thought he was messing with me. Like, dude, stop it. Don't, don't do this. If you're messing with me, it's a sick joke and it's not funny and I, <laughs> I can't take this with my heart. But he was like, no, and then he was kind of calling me to be like, dude, you need to be for real with me because I don't want to have egg on my face if you show up 265 and somebody's like, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, man, I'm for real. I'm, and right now I'm 285, feel great, ready to roll, ready to move, ready to have fun. How, how much more do you have to go? Or are you comfortable at 285? I think I'm going to go 15 more. I want to go to a full 300. So because, how does that work? How do you, how do you get uh, there? How dude, much do you eat? A lot of food. A lot of, I mean, breakfast is like 12 eggs. Lunch is like three burritos from Chipotle. I had three steaks last night for dinner with two potatoes. I mean, I can eat a lot when I'm like ready to go. And it's so weird because normally I don't eat like that. But the minute I heard that somebody wanted me to come play, I was like, all right, let's go. Like, I just got hungry immediately. I was like, babe, let's start cooking some food. Let's do it. The vegan thing is over. So you you were vegan before this? I tried the vegan thing. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was interesting, you know, a lot of lentils and beans and a lot of, you know, I was more of a raw vegan. I like the raw vegetables. But the minute people were like, yo, it's go-to. And I think that I credit that, too, to a lot of the reason that I think I feel so healthy is because when most guys retire, and obviously everybody knows I can't drink, I, you know, I don't drink. I went to, like, the raw vegan route. Instantly, I felt so much better. And body parts started coming back fully. And I started <laughs> being able to move and jump. And I mean, I ran an international Ironman. I was like, there's no way. I told my wife before, there's no way I'm going to finish this. And, like, with a mile left to go in the run, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to finish this. This is almost incredible. That's great. I mean, I, I wonder if um, I wonder if some players will do this, the same thing that you're doing, because it, it sounds like it takes such a toll on your body that if you do take a step back, that uh, maybe it helps you. So that's really cool for you. We are extremely happy. You're going to be away from the show for a bit. Just Unf- a little bit. Unfortunately, you're going to miss so much reckless speculation. And I... So I don't need you to tell us what teams are interested, but what teams can you not talk about, let's say, on the show because you might not want to get yourself in trouble? That's a joke. You don't have to say. I was just kidding. <laughs> you know there was no answer coming. Yeah, there was no answer coming. <laughs> do you coming. have – I am curious, though, You don't, without naming teams, like, do you have workouts now set up? Like, No, what? not yet. I think everyone's still fresh in it because I know that when we had talked, they were like, dude, you're just telling us now. And it was kind of like a, this is kind of by joke. And then all of a sudden a joke got really serious. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, if you're for real, we need to talk to our head coach. We need to talk to our player personnel. Like we, we could use them in the room. We love them. You know, whatever was said, it, it was just a more of a Booney, you need to go gain weight first before mm-hmm. we can even really push this concept. Because like you said, the offensive line play is, it is what it is in the league. But if you can get yourself up to a solid 300 and you can mentally get back, there'll be teams that are like, yeah, we would love to have them.
Well, we're very excited for you, and we hope this works out. And uh, I will not be uh, eating with you anytime soon, though. There's no way. (laughs) Three burritos from Chipotle? How'd you do that? That's wild. Incredible. Incredible. I I used to be impressed with myself for how much pizza I could scarf down, but. Three burritos from Chipotle? I mean, three steaks is outrageous. Minimum 1,200 calories. Minimum. I know. I'm trying to keep it to like really somewhat healthy food because you don't want to do like the fried chicken or like the, yeah. all the bread carbs. Like you want to keep it somewhat nutritious and but at the same time a lot of calories. There's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer gains weight on purpose in order to work from home, and I feel like that's kind of you at this moment. <laughs> he just is like eating and eating and then weighing himself every day, trying to put on weight. So we'll uh, we'll root for you to enjoy all the food that you eat, and you will, uh, I assume, keep us updated via a text and so forth for how it's going for you. Absolutely. And you know I'm going to listen to the show and I'm going to be texting you about the show for sure. Of course. All right. Course. So in a few minutes, um, we've got some hot routes for you, some goodbye hot routes. Mm. And there may be one or two mixed in there that are relating to what you're doing. But I, I do want to ask you for some takes here about some things that won't get you in trouble with any teams. All right, so we're coming off of the Combine, and now we've got a lot of interesting little nuggets that have come out, including that uh, Washington could consider drafting Tua number two overall, even though they picked Dwayne Haskins last year. Yeah. Do you think that this is a good idea to pull kind of what Arizona did and then trade away Josh Rosen? Would it make sense if they were going to go all in, or should it be Chase Young? Here's the reason I say it makes sense. Number one, Bruce Allen's gone. Number two, Jay Gruden's gone. When you have a whole new regime, everything changes. It's water. I mean, dude, it's like it's just flushable. Everything. What? Hey, listen, we weren't here for this. We don't know about this. We didn't have anything to do with this. This is who we want. This is who we like. So if they did go for Tua, I would not be like, oh, my God. Especially because nowadays problems like this have showed up more and more, and people have been less likely to be like, oh, my God, like, like you said, when Arizona drafted Kyler Murray, I think everybody was like, well, they were right. They mm-hmm. sure did yeah. it. And and then they traded, you know, and and I have to laugh about this because if anybody thought that Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray were going to be in the same room, that's just silly. Like, you can't do that. You can't put two top ten draft picks in the same room one year after another. Like, that's just not going to work well. So you knew he was leaving. But if they do this at the same time, I think that's a sign for Dwayne. Like, hey, listen, like, even if – I don't even see them being able to compete because what happens if all of a sudden Dwayne outplays Tua? And I hear people that are like, well, it's okay because then you trade Tua away. What are we doing? What are we doing? Probably for pennies on the dollar. But the one issue that you face is that Tua might not be able to play right away because of his hip. Now, he's been, I think, medically cleared or will be soon, but you still would want to give him extra time to be able to heal instead of throwing him out there coming off of a serious hip injury. So that might be the one argument to try and have them compete potentially. You also really don't know about Haskins enough, I think. Now, right. maybe the coaching staff would, but it's a new coaching staff. Right. So they want to come in and be able to evaluate. They have seen nothing except for what he put on tape. So Ron Rivera doesn't know what Dwayne Haskins is like in in OTAs or training camp or what, like how to work with them. I think it could be a situation where you wait and see how Tua looks medically if you were going to do it, and then if he's ready to go, then you trade Haskins. Somebody's quarterback will get hurt, and they'll trade you for him. I agree, but at the same time, if you're going to take another number two pick on Tua, you better be sure he's going to be your guy. I mean, that's a high, high draft pick to be like, well... We thought he wasn't hurt, but he ended up being hurt. Like That's just something that you, I don't think you want to mess with. And also, when you talk about the mental stability of that room, I mean, what are you going to do to Dwayne if you bring in a number two player like Tua? 
I mean, that's a big deal. That's not like just like, hey, we brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, great. <laughs> right. That's a, or, you know, Sean Hill. That's great. Great, guys. No, we brought in one of the best quarterbacks from this year's draft. Good luck. Like, that's just – and at some point you have to say that you're going to have to favor Tua over Dwayne just mm-hmm. because he's your guy. He's your first pick as the – as that team, you know what right. I'm saying? As the new faces of the team. So it's kind of like, well, are we going to stick with the old guy or are we going to go with our guy? And then all of a sudden it just becomes a, a cluster for everybody in the room, not only in that room, but the offensive room. And then I feel like that's when the sides kind of get drawn and you're like, ah, oh, man, I, I, I don't want to play this game with anybody anymore. I don't know if I, I feel like I'm more skeptical. A, because their owner is still the same. I know they cleared house. Um, with Bruce Allen and obviously Jay Gruden, and they have Ron Rivera, who has very much said that he loves Cam Newton, which also kind of gives me pause. But like we talked about last segment, um, if you let Chase Young, and I know that these guys, I don't, he's not getting the once-in-a-generation player label. Um, I feel like that kind of went, last year we saw that with several defensive linemen, Ed Oliver being one of them. Right. Um, and I don't feel like that's being thrown around as with as many edge rushers this year, maybe because the class isn't as deep, what have you. But I can't foresee Chase Young going past four to the Giants, and then you have, you're basically gifting your division opponent, the player that you were expected to take, and who's probably going to be sacking, whether it's Dwayne Haskins or... Um, if Detroit Tua. doesn't take yeah, him, if which Detroit I, doesn't I, take I him. would think Detroit would take him. I don't I know too. if he got to. There's that three. linebacker too that he, that's projected to go to Detroit. Isaiah Simmons, yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. I I can't see it happening for a multitude of reasons, but I also think you make the argument that you know, look at the quarterback play in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Patrick Mahomes. Well, you know, what was the deciding factor in the Super Bowl? The quarterback play. So, I mean, if it really is that much that you're pushing your chips all in on the table, if you have the opportunity to go get to a, I, I, you could sell me on it on that. But, like, do you see our, what would your argument be, I guess, to not do it if you were Washington? To not get to a, my argument would be that he, he's not our guy. We, we're, we're fully invested in Dwayne Haskins. Or, they would just say, hey, listen, we weren't comfortable with his medical. We think that there's a problem there. I think that, you know, amongst the things that Washington has to worry about, number one has to be this left tackle spot, too. Because if mm-hmm. you are going to bring a guy like Tua in, are you really going to let one of the best left tackles in the league be like, listen, man, I'm out of here? I mean, that's another problem that they're going to have, too, is here you have two huge investments at quarterback, and you have nobody to block them because your left guard's a free agent, your left tackle wants out. Like, if that's really what you're going to do, you need to solidify those two spots. You need to bring Trent back, you need to find a left guard, and then you need to bring in Tua and say, hey, listen, we're going to protect you as much as we can. And also, you know, like I said, that wouldn't be out of like out of nowhere if it was like oh my god they drafted to it like but yeah it's a whole new regime in there they want to bring sure. their guys in they like what they like they must not have seen enough from Dwayne and I don't think that they're ready to roll the dice on that yet and be like hey listen this is our guy they clearly feel like Tua is the guy uh let me change gears a little bit with you Alex and uh just reading this from Matthew Barry of ESPN he said everyone he talked to at the combine thinks that Tom Brady's going to play for someone else next year, which has been the buzz from a lot of the reporters, including Jeff Darlington, who is really close on Brady's side, is my understanding. So he named teams that Tom Brady might play for. Tell me what you think is the most likely here. Of course, New England is still possible that he could return. Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and the Las Vegas Raiders are the ones that he said were most... um, 
talked about for Tom Brady, which Jonathan is celebrating. He's wanted everyone to go to the Raiders. I don't even remember who we were talking about yesterday, and Jonathan texted Raiders. Um, so you want everyone there. And, and Tampa Bay, Tennessee, the Raiders, Chargers do not get mentioned in this, which I think is a little surprising since they would really want Brady. Uh, what is your take on where he might end up? Yeah, To be honest, I really don't see him leaving the Patriots. I think that it's kind of on Robert Kraft to make this right. Like You can't let the best player... I'm sorry, the best player in the history of this game played for two different teams. Like It's kind of like, a, hey, yeah, we kept him our entire career. Whatever it was, whatever it is, he's got you six rings. Whatever my man wants, he has to get. If, it, if say, some reason he's just like, listen, man, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm out. I would see him going to Tennessee. I see Vrabel as like his – they're obviously were teammates. They're close. Vrabel is one of the most respected head coaches in the NFL just because he was one of the guys that played – not only did he play defense, but he played offense too. Like He was a tight end in the Super Bowls. He was a tight end in the Jumbo Package. I mean, this guy commands a lot of respect, and I think that if Tom were to go somewhere, it would be somewhere with a familiar face to be like, hey, listen, why don't you do the defense and I'll do the offense and we'll just go win a championship together. So I assume you saw the video then of Julian Edelman, Tom yeah, Brady, I saw it. but like the one where they're FaceTiming and we all yeah. think it's Mike Vrabel. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. So there is one that was shot from behind. They had courtside seats because there's the one that's making the rounds of, you know, he's coming back, he's coming back, and then Brady turns to him like either saying let's it's not. On. Yeah. You know, whatever it was. But there was another one, and I'm wondering if somebody superimposed what looks like Mike Vrabel <laughs> on FaceTime. Um, but I love the argument. Like, I know that the Raiders one um, kind of has come up for some time now, given, you know, it makes sense. You have a lot of skill position players there. They've got a lot of money. Um, and it's, I mean, granted, I think you have to go against Patrick Mahomes twice a year, and you have a below-average defense, so I'm not really sure I'd sells me all that much, but the Tennessee one would be so fun. I would so love fun. to see uh, him go to the AFC South and, and shake things Destroy up down there. It. Only if we could bring back Houston Oilers uniforms for oh them. My God. Their you uniforms know, are the they, worst. They tried that. You know, they tried to bring them back, and they were like, no, because it's Houston, technically. Like Houston was like, no, you can't do that. The worst. Like, oh, my God. I would have loved them. But what a great Oilers. fit for him, though, in Tennessee. That'd be great. I mean, A.J. Brown, I'm sure, Janu Smith, Delaney Walker, Derrick Henry. you got to bring Derrick Henry back. I mean, you have a good old line up front. Your defense is like a Mike Vrabel defense. They're super scrappy and like to hit you. I mean, that, that to me is really the only team other than the Patriots. I really don't see him leaving the Patriots. I feel like he's just kind of having fun with everybody and messing around because, I mean, put yourself in Robert Kraft's shoes. If you let one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL walk away, whether he's in his prime or not, people are always going to look at you like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can't do that. He got you six rings. Like, you can't just let him walk out of the street. Even if he's like, I, I don't ever want to play for you ever again, I'd be like, Tom, you can have the entire salary cap. I don't know if they play each other, but you know he's going to throw like six touchdowns if he plays against you too. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. that if he was yeah. going to come back and play. Um, Let me get your take, uh, Alex, on some Viking-related things just that we grabbed from the Combine. Mike Zimmer said he didn't think that safety, in terms of the guy who's next to Harrison Smith, is the most valuable position. They need potentially corners. They need offensive linemen. They need everything. Potentially defensive linemen if Everson Griffin does not come back. What's your take on that? Playing next to Harrison Smith, how hard or easy is that to replace? I mean... I agree with Mike in in a sense that you do need corners. Like, if you're going to let both your corners walk, that's going to be a huge because it's a passing league. 
But at the same time, having a safety like Anthony Harris is huge because you can rock and roll him all the time. And what I mean by that is you can shift him at the last second. They can run off the ball and go cover the deep third. That's, they're so talented. And not only that, but how many ball-hawking safeties are there in the league? And here was the guy that led the league last year. And he, it's not like this is like the first time he's like got an interception. Like This is like his M.O. And, and not only that, but you talk about being able to play with the defense and have confidence and understanding the scheme. Like, I know that they're cap-strapped right now, and I know that they're, like, they're kind of saying this because I think they want people to be less, you know, oh, my God, and they're like, you know what, Mike's right. As long as we get a cornerback, we'll be okay. But the truth is, when you have two great safeties, you make it so hard for the offense to figure out what's going on. I mean, the safeties tell you everything. They are your clear indicator of where everyone's going to be and what everyone's doing. And when you can mess with an offense and have them running around the field, it throws us off for a loop for sure. I mean, I remember playing them in San Francisco the first year, first game in 2015. I swear to God, Harrison Smith winked at me from the end of the slide. And I was like, there's no way he just did that. And then at the last second, he took off. And I was like, dude, he got me. Because I was like, dude, we got to slide to him. He's coming. And he winked at me. And then he took off. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that just, it, you, People don't understand that the safety is the key for us. And if you can have two great safeties, oh, my. You can trick the offense the entire day. Well, we were talking about this earlier, that uh, the new – Safety can play the nickel spot, can rush the passer, can stuff the run, and can play deep. And there are a few in this draft, and maybe that's the way they're looking at it because they just can't afford to spend $15 million a year on uh, Anthony Harris. But can you get that guy in the second round? I mean, Mm -hmm. it is possible. I mean, Antoine Winfield was available to me in the second round. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's that likely that he would be there at, what, 58? But um, I think because you ask so much of that position – and given the deficiencies of your cornerback unit and how much the safeties had to overcompensate with pattern matching and everything else that they did over the top, um, maybe you do want to use higher draft capital on that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It would, it's, it's a good argument to have just the value that you place on that position if you cannot bring Anthony Harris back. It makes a lot of sense to me to pick someone who's really versatile that you can use for a lot of different things. Um, uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, I have hot routes for you. It may be a long time. I have some offensive Alex. line questions too. Like I need to ask Alex. Okay, especially okay, about well, a drill that I'm trying to put a name on and I can't figure it out. So What's the drill? Yeah, we'll talk about it after the break. Okay, let's, I gotta, let's I gotta do think that. About how also, this. <laughs> you better bring it for the hot routes because it'll be your last for a while. The so, all right, routes ever. They will be. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll return with Alex Boone, Courtney Crone, and Matthew Collar here on Purple Daily. Listen and win with the free Score North app. This month, one lucky winner will win a $200 gift card to Best Buy just for having and using the Score North mobile app. Register your app, listen to your favorite Score North content, and you could be a winner. Jonathan here with the Score North download. You can join Mackie, Judd, and Rami each Wednesday at 5 p.m. for Write That Down. The guys not only make sports predictions, but hold each other accountable for them each and every week. For your chance to be a guest picker on Write That Down, enter through listening rewards on your Score North mobile app. You just heard Matthew Collar, Courtney Crone, and Alex Boone discussing where Tom Brady might go and why Tennessee kind of makes the most fit there. Here's Dan Orlovsky on Get Up This Morning saying why the Titans are the best realistic spot for Brady. Yeah, Tennessee, the first thing is you get to go uh, chase the Super Bowl championship with one of your best friends. You know what guys don't do? FaceTime other guys. Unless you have plans <laughs> to do something big. So the relationship with Mike Brady is a big deal. Second, this is an offense and a football team that is focused on the run. They're not going to ask Tom Brady to drop back 45 times like you used to have to do and win football games through the air. And then the third thing is this is good weapons. Rookie A.J. Brown, a 1,000-yard receiver. John o. Smith, a young tight end, 13 yards per catch. And then remember, Adam Humphreys, 
Andrews, who's the slot receiver for the tight end, the Titans, is actually the slot receiver that the Patriots and Tom Brady tried to go get last offseason but lost out to him. So a lot of good things with Tennessee. This is the the best realistic fit for Tom Brady. That's been your score North Download. Now back to the final segment of the day of Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 588! All right, let's jump right into it. Alex Boone's last Hot Routes for a while. As he attempts an NFL comeback, which sounds like a joke, but it isn't. If you're just tuning in, you are actually trying to go back to the NFL because there's some interest in your services, and we are very happy for you. But that means you need to give it all, 110%. Right now. I'm not saying that this is as big as if you return to the Super Bowl, but it is. Okay, (laughs) Kind of a big deal. Ramp it up, Jonathan. We need the best performance of your life. PFF will be grading how you do on hot routes for this. The (laughs) analytics folks have been warned. Oh, Oh my God. I can't wait for your name to pop back up on those PFF grades and tell you how bad you did each week. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, all right, let's start it off here. Let's let's just say, first question, let's just say that one of us is trying to make an NFL comeback. I'm not saying who, but just one of us. We haven't made uh, we haven't played in years, let's say two years, hypothetically. Who is the player that uh, has come into the league over the last two seasons that you would be most excited to play against if you had a two year hiatus from playing in the NFL, hypothetically? Let's start out with Courtney. Not you, Alex. Um. <laughs> I'd like to play against Nick Bosa. Would you like to play against Nick Bosa? Would you really? <laughs> I would. I like cha- I like challenges. Um, I'm saying I'm a quarterback, by the way. Like, I'm I'm an offensive player. I'm a quarterback. Okay, I don't want sure. to be an offensive lineman. Yeah. Sorry, I value my knees too much, Alex. <laughs> wow. Um, and I don't really have a great wide base or whatever. Let's get Whatever say, the things are that you, I need. If you want to be funny with it, you could be like, you know, Dylan Mitchell. <laughs> some seventh round Vikings draft pick. That's the guy I'd want to play against. I'll no, smoke I, him. I want to take a challenge. I think that he had an incredible rookie season. All the oh, yeah. hype that yeah. came out of that and, you know, sitting out those final however many games at Ohio State and wondering, okay, is, it, is he going to be able to put his money where his mouth is? I think that that would be a great challenge. Go against the best. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So I'm going against Nick Bosa. All right, Jonathan. <laughs> um, Why are you guys I, laughing at me? I, no, I'm not laughing at you. I was laughing at asking everyone but Alex, who's making an actual NFL <laughs> comeback. I originally had Lamar Jackson on here, but your joke of picking a crappy player made sense to me. I'm going Nathan Peterman if I'm on defense. <laughs> oh. I need, pick. That's I need awesome. an interception. <laughs> Give me an interception. Give me a cheap interception. Uh, Okay, I guess we'll go to someone else who's here. uh, Alex, who are you excited to play against if you do indeed return to the NFL? That's come in the last two years. You know, I think Courtney said one. It'd be obviously Nick Bosa. I mean, the kid is absolutely incredible. And I think if you want to test yourself, you have to play the best. And there's no question that kid is one of the best. But I think another one would be Darius Leonard. I loved him since he came on the scene. Like, everything about that kid is so exciting to watch. He... He's like the old Ronnie Lott to me. He doesn't just hit you, he hits through you. And so it's like, man, I would love, just love to climb up on him on like an outside zone <laughs> just to see if he's going to hit through me because I got to know, man. And, and it's, hey, it might happen. We'll be excited. I wouldn't mind playing against Baker Mayfield because I kind of want to hit him in the mouth. 
<laughs> he's just, you know, like I think he could be a good quarterback and play with Kevin Stefanski and everything else. But if you were talking about maybe say I'm on the defensive side and I get a shot, free shot at somebody, any quarterback, it might be outside of Jameis Winston where you'd really want to try and injure him. Uh, it would be Baker Mayfield. Don't want to hurt him, but just be like, yeah, that's right. Little that's nudge. Right. Look, that's I'm right. still here. And I'm tweeting about this. That's what I would say <laughs> after I stood up and walked off. <laughs> you guys in your Twitter. Uh, tweets. Yeah, All right. Uh, next question for you guys. If uh, you were feeling old today, you're mm. not feeling as old as Greg Olson. Turns out that Greg Olson will be playing now in Seattle with DK Metcalf. Olson also played with DK Metcalf's dad in Chicago, Terrence Metcalf. Um, who's the best player in the NFL? whose dad also played in the NFL, or at least one that you really think is cool or like. Oh. Whoever wants to go first can just jump in over right. the names. I got one because I played this kid, Chris Long, and his oh, dad, yeah. Howie. And I played both of them. And I know you're not going to believe You me, played Howie Long? He came in one day and was like showing me some things, and next thing I know, it got real serious. <laughs> I don't, I'm telling you right now, I didn't what? make it serious, okay? The man still has the crew cut. I'm not messing with him. I was like, he was like going over a few things, and I was like, yeah, no, no, no. And he went to go show me this move, and he picked me up off the ground, and I was like, Howie, are we for real right now? Like, he was like, everything we do has to be 100%. And I was like, all right, put me down. Let's go. So I put my hand down, and he put his hand down. And he still picked me up off the ground. He was like, listen here, little boy. You don't want to know what I can do. And I was like, all right, good. We're good. We're good. He was a monster. He still is a monster. You're not understanding. At 60 years old, he picked me off off the ground. I was like, dude, what are you doing? You're going to have a heart attack. (laughs) Or give me one. Good God. Great actor, too. Incredible. (laughs) Smoke jumper. You're still alive. (laughs) The best. (laughs) I used to yell that at Kyle all the time. (laughs) That's great. That's great. That's it? Nobody else what? has anything? No, I, I have one. Okay, go ahead. I mean, I think mine's probably fairly obvious, though. Probably the most obvious. Clay Matthews Jr. and Clay Matthews sure. Sr. Yep. So Hall of Famer and a son who is on that trajectory, I think it's fair to say. Um, that's I don't really have much of an explanation, but I think that that's, a very, that's the first one that came to mind for yeah. me. I'm not sure. sure if he is a Hall of Famer, but... Um, Maybe. A player that Vikings fans really dislike. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely say that. That's fair. Jonathan, who you got? The two that come to mind for me, Christian McCaffrey. He's just one of the most versatile oh, yeah, athletes sure. on the field right now. So and the other one, he's not playing right now, but I don't think he's retired, retired. It's Andrew Luck. Yeah. I think he comes back at some yeah. point. Wait, wait. How long was Oliver you in the league so? for his dad? Oh, a long time, I think, right? I think. I don't remember. Am I wrong? I, I thought he was a quarterback for a long he time. He was, yeah. He's from Cleveland. That's about all I know. But you wait, wait, wait. Just to go back, you really think Andrew's coming back? Yeah, he's too Stanford young. Stanford education. Yeah, he's right. got all that. That's fine. But he's too young and he's too good to retire right now. I think he's just taking a little break. A little hiatus. I can I can yeah. chime in on that. I hope he you. does come back and he comes back healthy. Maybe after two years he tries it. I mean, no one would ever do that. Would Never. be crazy enough to. Crazy. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, baby. You know who I'm going to go with here? I'm going to go with a guy who hasn't stepped on the NFL field yet. But I am really fascinated to see how this turns out. Thaddeus Moss, Randy yeah. Moss's son. And again, I am decrepitly old. This happens all the time now. Like Antoine Winfield's kid. Oh, really? Am I a hundred? Like, what? 
Oh, here's Randy Moss's kid winning a national championship. There's, like, there's never been a father-son duo that's played in the league at the same time, right? Mm, in no. the NBA, I think that that has a possibility with baseball LeBron. In baseball, Griffies. for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, they were definitely the greatest. I mean, you, that's a sport where you can play, your prime goes further Maybe there would be a punter or kicker or something. Barry kid- Bonds and his dad did it. Yeah, sure. I agree. Did you say kicker? Yeah, if there was a kicker and then his kid was a kicker, because kickers can be old as hell. So if your kid is a kicker, you could be and like the Vikings punter's what? dad played. Forty two and Coldplay? The brothers played, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah the brothers. The brothers played. played. Did the yeah. dad play? I don't remember. So, what if one was the punter and one was the kicker, like the holder for the dad, or the dad was the holder so for the cute. son? That would be awesome. <laughs> well, like you you shank it, you're like, Really, Dad? Really? <laughs> Laces out, Finkel. Maybe if you weren't kicking with monarchs on. (laughs) (laughs) He said monarchs. (laughs) All right, next question for you. After missing out on Tony Romo, ESPN apparently was courting Peyton Manning to be on Monday Night Football. Sorry, Booger McFarlane. Uh, Give me the current or former player you'd most love to see in the booth if Peyton Manning does not end up on Monday Night Football. Absolutely no one. Peyton Manning has been my number one choice. Oh. Since John Gruden left and decided to take the Raiders job, I have been hoping this would happen. I I honestly can't find anybody else. I mean, everybody, former players have been... Nate Burleson, does he do Sunday games? He did one last year. Because I remember that. just one. And that was my thought. He's great. He's great on Good Morning Football. And I remember watching one last year. I didn't know if that was like a regular thing. But... That's, I mean, outside of him and Peyton Manning, I mean, they're totally different calibers. I can't think of anybody else I would want to see on a Monday night primetime game every single week. Peyton's funny. I mean, he's he brings the whole package. So I Charisma. Mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, that to me is a slam dunk. Just back up the Brinks truck. Give him everything. Give him $19 million a year. <laughs> and then maybe get Michael Thomas to talk about it and how it does not relate to the CBA whatsoever. Why do you have this beef with Michael Thomas? Because I don't Let like dumb comments like that. <laughs> Anyways, Michael sorry. Thomas, for anyone who doesn't know what was going on, uh, tweeted about how the broadcaster is now making mo- more money than 90% of the league. And then told players that that's the reason that they should not like agree to the CBA, which is a non-sequitur if I've ever heard one. Yeah, it's a little different since the NFL doesn't pay Tony Romo. That's fair. And who cares what the announcer's making? I also, agree. Not a big deal. Alex, how about you? Who do I'm you want to see in the booth? I'm going to double down with what Cordy said. I think Peyton would be great. But I think if I had to pick somebody, it would have to be Pat McAfee. I don't know if you guys uh, have... His show is great. Yeah, he's it, really good. I just don't know if he could do like a whole season. Like When John left, when Gruden left... Dude, I loved Gruden. I loved him. I loved watching him. I thought he was funny. He was quirky. He was silly. He didn't care. <laughs> he was like That's how he was all the time. So I was like, all right, that's great. I think if you can't get Peyton, you got to go for like a Pat McAfee and just shake it up. Jonathan? When I saw current player, I went with a guy who's not going to be able to do this for a while because he'd be playing in the NFL for a while. I want Patrick Mahomes in a booth one day. His that voice, voice is so weird, though. I know. That's why I want it. That voice is, <laughs> the voice is awesome. <laughs> that's that, 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 and he's funny. Close your eyes and you think it's Kermit. It'd be the him. same reason to not pick Andrew Luck. The voice was so weird. Like, is there a filter on it? Is there something going wrong here? There's uh, in uh, talking from his throat. Guitar players have these pedals that make it sound mm-hmm. different. It's like a someone pushed a, a weird pedal with Andrew Luck and Patrick That's Mahomes. Terrible. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, nobody said Randy Moss. I'll go Randy. Randy, I think would be super fun. He might get kicked off the broadcast after two or three weeks, but something would happen. He'd just be like, "Man, did you see that?" <laughs> and be like. 
Man, awesome. you just got Moss. And then I'd be like, yeah, Moss. That's awesome. I wouldn't even care if he was bringing any insight or not. I'd just be like, Moss, you're the best. It's like John John Madden by the end. You know, he wasn't really as much sharp as he was before, but he'd be like, well, then he goes over here, and then boom, and I'd be like, Madden, dude, you're the best. Love that guy. You are oh. the best. So true. Um, Joe Burrow reportedly told the Bengals that they need to keep A.J. Green. Which is great, like showing off uh, his leverage, so to speak, right away. Well, you better keep my top receiver. If you were going to be the number one pick overall and you had demands to make to the Cincinnati Bengals, what would they be? You guys can take this any direction you want. Demands of the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll only allow you to draft me if you do blank. Get us away from the steel mill and build a bubble. Build an actual facility might yes. be a thing you could mention, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That'd be, it. that'd be it. That would be the one thing. I need that. It's a great team-related goal, um, or I guess a proposition. I want my own infrared sauna with my name on it. Nobody else can go into <laughs> Wait, it. It's mine. The Courtney sauna? Wait, mm-hmm. What is going on? A sauna that just Courtney can use? Now, that's <laughs> yep, not... Now, me. here's my question. Say somebody on the team that you really, really care about and you really like comes up to you and is like, Hey, Court. Can I just use your sauna one time? Are you really going to look at them and be like, no? Does that say Courtney's friend sauna? No. <laughs> they, we're worried about coronavirus right now. I'm not letting right, anybody in there concern. to sweat all of their germs on my their germs. That, That's our big thing, sauna? huh? Absolutely you cannot not. sweat on me. Out of here with that. I need a scientist to tell football. me how germy your sweat is. And it has to have, I need to have like cold towels ready for me at 24-7. Oh. I want to go in there at 1 in the morning, going in there at 1 in the morning. It has to be set up the way I want it. I have to be able to have music in there. And I have to have a door that locks so nobody can come in. It's mine. This is just getting weirder and weirder by yeah, the minute. It is. Well, my that, infrared sauna. I need some I cold towels. I need I'm a the beer. number one pick. Lock and key. <laughs> Jonathan, what do you want if you're Joe Burrow? What are you asking for? Uh, that Mike Brown sell the team to an owner that will actually <laughs> spend money correctly. That is a direction you could go with this. Um, well, of course, I would want a left tackle to also be selected because yeah. they are going to let go Cordy Glenn. And since Andrew Whitworth left, they've really struggled to find a replacement. So that's the on-the-field thing. A.J. Green is great, but please protect me from getting murdered would also be a thing. And I want chicken wings shipped in from Buffalo <laughs> on a weekly basis. Because oh, yeah. everywhere I go, the chicken wings are not as good as they are in Buffalo. And Jeremiah Searles and I at the Combine got in a fight over pizza. Because wow. he said when he was playing in Buffalo, he didn't think Buffalo had great pizza, which is definitely worth pulling a knife on him. <laughs> oh uh, but I, wow. I would want... Aggressive? I, that is just, yeah. that is just uh, blasphemy. But I would want pizza and wings shipped in from Buffalo to me so I could enjoy them while I am the number one pick in franchise quarterback. That would That's be fair. mine. Would you share them? Um, yes, actually, I would. I am not like Courtney. I am not a selfish player. I am. The, I'm a team guy. Enough team wings for all. Get um, your own infrared sauna. Ah, you in this infrared sauna? I gotta find out what, what this is thing is the all about. Infrared what is I know what is infrared. Sauna. It's so you know, like typical saunas are the ones that have like the rocks in there yeah. and, and you know pour the stuff on the rocks yeah. or whatever. The yeah. infrared sauna doesn't have that. It's just it's it really it gets up to 158 degrees and it's got light, so it's kind of like light therapy, UV therapy. Oh my god! So, yes, I love it. I'm not an athlete, but I do a lot of like recovery, like cryo and. Um, 
the infrared sauna and acupuncture. I've I've dabbled in it all because I would like to be an athlete, or at least I want to recover like an athlete and be able to feel good. So infrared sauna is the way to go. Courtney, we had one of these in San Fran. It's like you can change the colors in it, too? Yes, yes, you can change it and be like, oh, the pink is making my lymphatic system feel so great today. I don't know if it actually works. It happened on the show. It's gotten me. (laughs) It got weird. It definitely got weird. All right, last question for you guys. Uh, the Jaguars are reportedly trying to trade Nick Foles. If it was possible, and I know it's not because Kirk Cousins has a no trade and there's cap problems and everything else, but if you could, would you trade Kirk Cousins straight up for Nick Foles one for one? No, because nope. I think that Nick Foles, I mean, we've heard the lightning in a bottle and you don't like that cat- that categorization that goes with him. You know what you're going to get with Kirk year in and year out. You know what his ceiling is. I think that the the pendulum that could be really good Nick Foles or really bad Nick Foles is just too much. Like, I know what I'm getting with Kirk. I don't know if I can get Nick to re- replicate what happened in 2018, mm-hmm. 2017 season. I don't know. So I'm saying no. Boone? 100% no. For the exact reasons that she just said. His, his floor is way lower and his ceiling's not as high. And, I mean, you're coming off a year where he really didn't play a lot. You were kind of benched for a rookie. I, I just don't No, Not at all. Jonathan? Uh, hard no for me. That contract's longer, and I'm willing to just kind of wait out this Kirk Cousins contract at this point. The salary cap numbers are close enough where it doesn't matter to me. I don't want Nick Foles. Okay, here's why I'll just go with yes for the f- sake of going <laughs> with yes. When he played for the Philadelphia Eagles in two separate stints, he went 21-11. and 11 with the Philadelphia Eagles, including a Super Bowl win and one of the great playoff runs maybe ever in NFL history where he had a 115.7 quarterback rating. And he was a drop pass away from upsetting the New Orleans Saints another time where he ended up in the playoffs. The one thing I like about Nick Foles better is the leadership and also his... Uh, can I... I'll just say... No, can I say these don't letter? go there. His, his DGAF is what I would say. <laughs> Uh, there is a calmness about Nick Foles where he will just throw it up to his receivers, whatever, I'm hawking it. And you know why it didn't work in Jacksonville? They're awful. That's why. Jacksonville is awful and terrible and really bad. The Vikings are not. And if he was just not given any and throwing it up to Thielen Diggs, I think you've got a better chance to win some of those playoff games. Plus, those RPOs, he gets rid of the ball quick, doesn't hang on to it, and gets sacked. That's my case for Nick Foles. That's fair. I probably wouldn't do it either. No. But there's an argument there. Okay, uh, Courtney, you wanted to ask Boone yes. about something before we wrapped so up here I was, for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I was just it's been bugging me because I can't figure out what it's called. So I was watching on Friday night. Um, Brian and Tate? No, I was just watching uh, workouts. That's the Brian. Offensive, That's Brian and Tate. Okay. The offensive lineman workouts, and I was watching Tristan Wirfs and just watching how, how quickly he moved, and I was really impressed with him, Makai Becton, the whole thing. Um, what is the drill at the combine? Because I can't figure out the name of it. Where you lay like a starfish, Alex, on oh, your yeah. back, and then you jump up, and the O line coach has the ball over here. Now he's got over here. Now he's got over here, and you test. Which is just like the real football. He's testing yeah. your footwork. He's testing reaction speed. What is that called? It would just be like a mirror drill. It'd be okay. considered. Is that where the when they like they pack they they pass that to the left and then they pass that to the right yes. and they pass it to and then they, they take go off back. running. Yeah, I take yeah. off running at the end. It'd be like a mirror drill. It's. It's to see how quick they can flip their hips and also mm-hmm. like to see how much they bend when they move. Because yes. a lot of times, if you can't bend, you're going to be real stiff-legged the whole time. Dude, some of those drills, they, made, they there was a drill that they made us do that they took really serious. That 
I almost was laughing about where they like you lay on your stomach in your chest, and then you grab this like uh, bar behind you, and you try to lift it up as much as you can. And then, like, as you do it, you push your face into the ground, really. And then they, like, come up and grab it and, like, kind of pull it up. Like, come on, dude, you're cheating yourself. You know, and you're like, my arms don't go this way. Like, what is going? And then they're like, you see some guy with a ruler, and he's like, what was that? What was, okay. And he, like, marks it down. It means absolutely nothing, but they're just checking. Like, some of those drills they make you do, you're like, just checking. Will you do this stupid crap? Yeah. Are they going to lay down in their face and put it in all the way into the turf? Like, what a bunch of idiots. God. Can we call my drill the starfish drill? Yeah. I think that that's to? instead yeah. of the mirror drill. I'd I like love to, it. I would like to point out, too, as you try to get an NFL job here again, you killed the combine. Thank I mean, I, I've got Alex's scores up here, and they're kind of unbelievable. You weighed in at, of course, you're 6'7", weighed in at 328 pounds, so mm-hmm. get eaten those 12 eggs, <laughs> ran a 5'16" which is freaky fast for being 6'7 and 328 pounds, and did 33 reps on the bar, which is in the 94th percentile of offensive linemen who do the, the bench press. I'm impressed. I consider myself a skill athlete. I do. <laughs> that's that's really good. Well, let me just say before we wrap up, and I know you're going to hang out with Mackie Judd with Rami a little bit and talk football, that uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays have been awesome with you, man, and uh, I'm I'm not saying this is like goodbye forever, but I'm rooting for you for it to be goodbye for a long time, for you to go back, to get a job, to have success in the NFL. So you're going to be gone at least for a little while, and if it doesn't work out, you always have a a home here. I am really thrilled for you and excited to kind of follow this journey with you. Dude, I appreciate you guys so much. You guys have been great. Jonathan, you're great. You're so much better than Declan. I appreciate you so much. (laughs) There's the audiogram for today. (laughs) Matt, listen, I know I give you a lot, but you've been great. Courtney, you've been awesome. I appreciate you guys really letting me come on and not just laughing at me, really, you know, helping me out and and do this whole process. And it's been so much fun. And I kind of feel like I'm abandoning you guys a little bit. Like, (laughs) that's why, like, all this. It is the summer, though, so we're okay. I know, but still, like. This weekend, I was like, dude, what am I going to tell these guys? Like, am I, am I really? Like, I'm not kidding. When I was like, dude, this is like the craziest idea ever. And it took a bunch of guys around me to be like, dude, it's not that crazy. Like, mm-hmm. just do it, Booty. You were meant to do it. So if you hear on the show, yeah, one current NFL player is recklessly speculating in my text messages here. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think we'll know who that is. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, what's, uh, so what's your plan? You got about a minute left. Uh, what is your, uh, so what's, what's next? Like, when do you get started doing stuff? I mean, we already started. I mean, right now, everyone's like, he's got to gain weight. I mean, he has to gain weight by a certain day. He's got to be a certain. I mean, you got to think that OTAs are going to be starting at what? April. Mid April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're like, and free agency's in two weeks. And I think that's another reason why people are like, dude, you're just coming to us now. Like, it's been how long in the offseason? And now all of a sudden, this is like showing up. And it's kind of like, well, there's mutual interest on both sides mm-hmm. and they were like yeah i guess you're right so they're like listen you have to gain a little bit of weight and once he does we'll check him out see if he's good and if he's good let's bring him in and you know you never know what's going to happen you never know if someone's really messing with you i mean I've, I've had tons of agents go to the combine and they're like dude you can never take anyone's word for it but in the fact that nobody shot it down right away or laughed at us or you know the minute that it was kind of a joke and then people were like, "No, seriously." My agent was like laughing, like, "No, really? like we can't mess with him. He's, you know, he's he's not that guy." And they're like, "No, seriously. If he's if he's gonna come back, well, let's talk." And that's when my agent was like, "Dude, they're for real. If you're for real, 
Well, I am jacked for you. I don't think we're going to find anybody else to replace your enthusiasm for whams and wax and trap yes. plays and everything else. So you're going to have to call in every once in a while and let us just kind of you know indulge us in that. Yeah, for Are sure. you kidding me? I'm going to call in once a week. <laughs> I'm all bummed like, guys, we just put in truck this week. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck to you, Alex, and we will talk to you, I'm sure, soon, even if you are on an NFL team, we will coax you onto the air. So. So uh, no I appreciate all of this last year and everything else. And you're going to stay on, talk a little football with Mackie and Judd with Rami. They are coming up next. This has been Purple Daily. If you missed any of the show, go back and uh, download it wherever you get your podcast. We draft simmed in the first hour. So if you miss that, that's a problem. Um, all right. So we'll talk to you tomorrow here on Purple Daily. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.